Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. I stumbled onto this quote by Brenda Schwepp. My grandfather used to say that once in your life, you need a doctor, a lawyer, a policeman, and a preacher. But every day, three times a day, you need a farmer. I think it's safe to say that supporting local farmers helps keep money invested in your community because instead of going to big box stores and supporting large corporations, you're helping support the farmer, but also the local community. You know, there are environmental, health, and economic benefits. On average, food travels 2,500 kilometers before it reaches your homes and onto your plates, meaning it's often harvested a little earlier and packaged with preservatives, whereby when you buy local, on average, your food travels 250 kilometers and you add in some economic benefits. If you buy produce in season, it tends to be a little cheaper. Plus, eating seasonally diversifies your diet. All amazing benefits. But I got to be honest with you, I grew up in the suburbs with a fairly limited income, so there were a lot of frozen veggies on our plates. I grew up strong and healthy. I had very limited exposure to farming. Essentially, going to a farm for me was a really fun field trip that we did once a year with school. That was about it. (laughs) As an adult, I enjoy both fresh and frozen foods, and I want to be really sensitive to the fact that times are hard for so many right now, and we don't all have the privilege to be buying the best things or providing the most educational experiences for our children at this time. And for me, these conversations are all about learning things that can add perspective and provide food for thought pun intended. (laughs) You know, one thing I've noticed is that in the last 11 months, I don't really go to grocery stores. First off, it's become Dean's role in the house to be basically manage and prepare the food. Maybe not his preference, but it's just the way we've divided the roles lately. And what we do is we sit down once a week and we do our order for the groceries and then Dean picks them up. So unless we need something really specific... We don't really have that shared activity of going into a grocery store and perusing the aisles like we once did. So what I'm finding is that the kids just have less exposure to picking up food, to looking at the food, to being part of that process than ever before. And I kind of love the idea of growing your own food. Emphasis on idea, because honestly, it seems like a ton of work, but in these times where we are just super inundated with technology, with a device at every turn. It seems kind of exciting to stop and have this really grounding experience of getting your hands dirty and growing your vegetables and harvesting them and taking care of them, you know? Um, Now, this could also be like from your own backyard farm, from a little, you know, a little 
item you're growing on your deck or from your local farm. You know, food is a big deal and it plays such an important role in our lives and finding ways to involve kids in the process and even support local businesses is a total win in my books. So in today's episode, I'm joined by Alex Chesney, a registered dietitian and farmer in Southwestern Ontario. Alex loves food, and she's passionate about creating space for experiencing agriculture firsthand. Her goal is to intertwine education about how food is grown with how it can be prepared and how it can nourish us. In the words of Masanobu Fukuoka, the ultimate goal of farming is not the growing of crops, but the cultivation and perfection of human beings. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Me too. I am pumped. I'm telling you this. This is very exciting for me to get to have people from all different parts of life and walks of life and industry. And it's opening my eyes to a lot of things. And I think this conversation is going to be one of those. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Well, I'm a registered dietitian and a farmer. I'm living and working on my family's fruit and vegetable farm um, in southwestern Ontario. So it's kind of a cool collision of worlds, both food related and um, yeah, I've been back on the farm full time for two years, but I grew up here. So it's, it's really special to be here. Oh, that's so interesting. When we had been talking, I don't think it clued in that it was a family farm. So there's a thing, Amanda, question that would have been nice to ask. So (laughs) when you were growing up, was this like, a like, were you always on the farm? Did you kind of, you were born into this and this was your gig and you helped? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, there's stories of me like going along in my car seat at a farmer's market and sitting on the ground while my mom sold melons around me. And then ever since I was like eight or nine, I've been going to the the farmer's markets as well and selling produce. And that's what I did. That was my summer job all the way through university. And I loved it. I loved like chatting with customers and talking about food and how it's grown and recipe ideas and stuff. So it, yeah, it's been uh, in my world forever. Well, it's funny. I was going to say, I'm like, did you love it as a teenager? Because I feel like there's always that like resistance, you know? Um, but then of course, I mean, if, if even if you didn't love it as much as now, like it definitely turned into something that you thought you could do and work in this industry for life. So yeah. were you always in love? Did it have a switch at some point? That's a really good point. I mean, I think farmer's markets are tough. Like it, we leave a farm at 4.30 in the morning. So it's an early morning. So for a teenager, like that wasn't always my favorite. And I think that when I was in university, I had, I think I had these expectations about how a dietitian had to work and like in what settings. And I didn't really understand how I could combine them. And then one day I was just like, like it's food related, it's education. Of course they can go together. I just need to like make my own path. And even though I don't really have a model to follow, I can make this work and figure it out. Um, So I think it was like expectations more than anything that were holding me back. You know, how did you get, how did you decide to, I want to pursue this in school? Like what was your driving force there? I think it was that combination of like, I loved the farm and I loved food. So it seemed like a good um, combination of food and education. And my mom was actually a dietitian as well. So I kind of had, I knew of that career Um, 
as an option. And then, yeah, I went to school in Guelph and did an internship in a hospital. And that clinical setting was very, like, I learned so much, but I also learned that it wasn't for me. So it was such a good learning experience and the people were amazing, but I just knew that wasn't what I wanted to do every day. So I'm glad I did it because I think I would have wondered otherwise. But, you know, I got through the year and then I was like, no, I want to be in a more community setting long term on the farm. Um, I actually spent a couple of years at West before I came back to the farm full time. So I was in Vancouver and I helped develop like a kids cooking class program for the school board. So that was a really good experience, too. Um, But, yeah, I've been back on the farm for two years now and it's it's the best. I love it. Oh, I mean, like Vancouver is, I mean, I feel like, well, I lived there from, when did I live there? 2006 to 2010. And it was quite um, eye-opening to be downtown. And just, it was so different. Like, you're right, like farmer's markets, this is what people did. There was community gardens. There was, it was very, I mean, a huge vegan. I was exposed to like vegan foods and, and vegetarian lifestyles. And it was very interesting. Like, it wasn't what... That wasn't where I was. That wasn't what I was exposed to when I was living in Montreal and Toronto. Although those things exist, it just wasn't in my field of view, you know. So really interesting. Like, and and I feel like you can do so much. Like, I had friends who grew up on like peach farms or something, and it's like, what? You know, this is amazing. <laughs> so, you said your family farm does fruit. Like, what kind of fruit are you growing there? Yeah, fruits and vegetables. Our main crops are melons, cantaloupe, and watermelon. Um, that's what my dad started the farm in the eighties and he grew one acre of cantaloupe. And then since then we've added in a ton of different things. So we have berries, strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries. We have, um, asparagus, sweet corn, tomatoes, pumpkins and squash in the fall. So we kind of, we joke, like we grow things that we like to eat. So (laughs) (laughs) I've convinced yeah, I've convinced my dad to add in like some greens and lettuce. Like that wasn't his thing, but I really like those things. And we really expanded and, you know, we're willing to try anything really. So. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So we um, also live in Ontario and I find like we're always going to find water. Like I've got, you know, children, they want to run in the water and things. And so on our way to these places, like I'm thinking like Turkey Point and there's all these spots, we'll, we'll be driving along and then you see these beautiful farms, right? And then there's like kind of like a little shop in the front, like these cute little houses. And then I pop in and I just like scoop everything that looks delicious. And then there's our lunch, right? For the day. So you mentioned like, there's this community element to your family farm. So is like, how does that work? Tell me a little bit more. Cause I know that there's like a specific project you're working on a farm to kitchen project type of things. So tell me what it is that you're doing at your farm to bring in the community. Yeah, there's, I'm so excited about the kitchen. It's been like a dream forever, but our, what I'm really proud of is our farm market and pick your own patch. And that's where the farm kitchen is going into. So we have a space where people can come to the farm We have pre-picked produce in the market, but they can also pick their own. So we have strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, a big veggie patch, and then pumpkins in the fall. So those are all options that people can come in, go out to the field, like get their hands dirty and actually experience picking food. Because I think that's something that, I mean, I take for granted, absolutely, but it's not something everyone has access to. So it's a really special place to just experience agriculture. Um, and with the addition of the kitchen, my hope COVID depending is to eventually host 
like workshops and experiences where I will go out to the field with them. We'll all pick produce together. We'll come back to the kitchen and we'll prepare and share a meal together. So we will, you know, really make that full circle connection of here's the food, here's how it's grown, here's how we cook it, and then how this is how it nourishes us. So I'm like using all those food skills and nutrition education and agriculture education all in one. That's amazing. I think that you, you know, there's something definitely a few things that pop out from that from what you've just said, but it's understanding how food is grown in agriculture. Cause I'm sure some kids, I remember when we moved back to Canada from Malaysia, we were in Alberta for a little bit, lots of farms, lots of meat. Right. And so I remember going to these farms on the weekend, these farmers markets, and the kids would see like the cows and understand how to milk a cow. And it's stuff you take for granted, but you're like, oh, right. I never like talked to you about that. I never told you like how you get that milk in the fridge or, you know, where your blueberries come from. Um, and it's, it, it's funny as a parent, I'm like, well, it's just a fun activity to do. But actually, there's so much educational, like basis in it, right? For kids to yeah. like get it and a grownups too. I mean, if you didn't grow up near farms, which I will tell you, I did not, but my husband did. There's so many things you take for granted in, in what you know. Do you find that there's like, is it mostly families that are doing the, the berry picking with the kids? Or is it kind of like all ages? It is a mix. But the families and the kids are my favorite because kids just have this like curiosity and joy and they're just like so excited to sprint out into the fields and pull up a carrot or pick blueberries. And it's really cool, like with my lens as a dietitian as well, there's a lot of research to show that kids are much more willing to try food when they're involved with the gardening aspect and growing and also with the cooking and food preparation. So if you as a parent can bring your kids to a farm and like really immerse them in that experience, maybe they've never tried beets. For example, we grow beets in our veggie patch, but this summer I saw a little kid like marching into the barn with his very own beet. And he was so excited to go home and eat that. And his parents were like, he would never eat a beet regularly, but he's going to try it now. So it's, it's, that's an anecdotal example, but it is very, very cool to see the connection between food and like experiencing agriculture and growing it and trying new foods. And I mean, COVID related, that's an interesting element to bring up because I would imagine that there's possibly pros and cons to having this like situation. Like I was talking to my husband last night and I was saying, do you think that maybe with all of this COVID stuff, like people are more inclined to either want to grow their own food in the yard or um, are maybe less inclined to go to farmer's markets to buy their groceries because everyone's getting their food delivered. Have you like, how has COVID impacted you guys? I know you said you're in your slow time right now. It's winter, obviously farms look a little different in the winter in Ontario, but how have it, how has it impacted you in your business? Yeah, it was a real mixed bag. The, when everything started, I mean, we were all in the same boat. It was around this time last year, a little later, but we, this is the time of year when we do all of our planning and big decision-making for the year. So when COVID started, we had to make a lot of big decisions based on rapidly developing, like very little information. And it was pretty scary, but in the end, you're right. Like the interest in food took off. I think, unfortunately, there was some fear about like food supply and that was never an issue, but it, it was definitely an undercurrent of concern. So we saw more people than ever coming out to the farm to freeze their own, you know, preserve their own foods, 
and like you said, an activity just to get out of the house. So we were very fortunate that we have, it's an outdoor activity, lots of room to spread out. It was very safe, like low risk, all things considered. So in the end, it, it wasn't without its challenges, but we did make it through and it was a pretty good year and everything, you know, went smoothly. So yeah, we're lucky. It was a mix, but I think that with fewer options, there were more people coming to the farm for sure. This is the thing, right? Like people need outdoor experiences, but there was, you're right, that undercurrent of fear of like, we're going to run out of things. And it wasn't just toilet paper. It was food. It was all of those things. Did you know we've released a shop where you can support Frendo? Check out hellofrendo.com and explore. That's H-E-L-L-O-F-R-I-E-N-D-O.com and shop mugs, shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more. We're constantly adding new goodies for you. Your purchase directly supports the show and the work involved in creating it for your ears. So thank you. Check out hellofrendo.com. All right, back to the show. I guess one of the questions I have for you is why is this important right now? This concept of like learning about food, where it comes from, thinking about food from education and sustainability elements, like why now? Yeah, that's such a good question. I was listening to um, a webinar recently. We're all on webinars all the time, but it was really, really like simply put that when people ask questions about food right now, and about agriculture, they're not asking them separately, they're intertwined. Like if somebody comes to us at the farmer's market and looks at our strawberries, they're not just saying, how much is this? They wanna know who grew it, when did you pick it, who picked it, what does it do for me nutritionally? How do I keep it in the fridge? How do I freeze them? And what recipe should I make with them? Like there's all these questions bundled together. So being able to approach that like with our farm and answer all of those at once, I think is, is really important. And the other thing is there's so much information and misinformation out there right now. It's really tough as a consumer to know what to listen to, to to know what choices to make. So I think finding sources of information that are credible and that you can trust and talking to the people who are growing it, it just gives you that sense of like calm and like, okay, now I know what I'm working with here and I can make a decision. And there's so many different decisions, whether you want to buy, whether you want to do local food, whether you want to go to the grocery store or can, whether you want organic or not, that's totally up to you. Like decision-making is, is your choice, but just having that information to work with is I think what's really important. It's true. It seems like people are, not everybody, of course, because there's different lifestyles, different priorities, but it's people are definitely wanting to know where their food's coming from. Um, And you're right, we are having these conversations with our families, but with our kids and understanding and and thinking about the impact and also thinking like, how can we support local, you know, industry and food is a big part of that. I mean, I remember going to, uh, this was years ago now when I was living in Vancouver, but going to a restaurant where everything that I was eating was grown in the area within like a certain kilometer radius. And I was like, oh, that's so neat. Oh, and then actually when I was in PEI last summer, same thing, everything that we were eating seafood wise was like from that area. And it was really interesting. And like it created an interesting conversation at the table to think about that and why that might be. At your farm specifically, people can come, but they can also meet you at markets, right? So people come to the farm, tell me about what they can expect 
what they can do. Yeah, so you pull into the farm. Our We have a farm market set up in our main barn, and that's where you can head in and buy pre-picked produce. Some people just pop in and buy things on their way home from work or if they're passing by. But you can also get information from our staff about how to pick your own and where to go. So depending on the time of year, we'll have different options for picking. So strawberries are in June into early July. Then we move into raspberries and blueberries. Different veggies are available like throughout the whole summer. And then obviously pumpkins are more fall. And then we have some walking trails around the farm. We have the chickens you can, you know, check out. We have frozen yogurt. And now that we have the kitchen, we'll have a few other snacks and things available. But we try to just keep it very low key. I Different farms do different things. But for me, I, I don't want like a big play area or like I just want it to be very natural and like let people experience what a day on the farm is like for us. And one thing that's really important to me is that we don't have a gate fee at our farm. You can come and if you just want to come and walk around, you can. If you want to come and pick one quart of strawberries, that's awesome. If you want to get a little more, you can do that. And eventually, if you want to do a cooking class or experience, that's an option too. So we have a wide range of options depending on your time and and that kind of thing. Um, and then, like you mentioned, we do go to farmer's markets. So if people are you know, too far away to come right to the farm, we'll meet them there. And then this past year, we also launched a home delivery produce box because of COVID, because a lot of farmer's markets were delayed in starting last year. So we were a little worried about how we were going to connect with our customers. So yeah, now we do home delivery as well. So tell me, okay, because I have never done home delivery with produce, but I get the flyers in my in my mailbox and I'm really curious about it. But there's a part of me that's like, I'm going to be honest with you, a part of me that's like, it's too expensive. It's it's beyond my budget. But I don't know if that's actually accurate. So I was talking to Dean about this yesterday and, you know, just chatting about having you on and what we're going to be talking about. And I was like, I wonder if that's just a misconception, because I feel like sometimes you go to the various big box stores, you go to buy your blueberries and they're pricey as heck. So I'm like, I don't know that it's actually all that different. So is this something that can be a limitation for people to think that it's going to be so expensive? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think it's a really interesting conversation about the value we give to food. And, you know, when you buy food produced in Canada or in Ontario, that comes with some guarantees. We have very strict food re- food safety regulations here. We have um, a labor force that's paid fairly, at least minimum wage. Those guarantees don't always apply to imported food. And again, that's totally fine. I just think it's something that we don't always consider. And something else is, you know, our food is very seasonal here. So asparagus is only available in May. So that first week that we pick asparagus, it is going to be a little more expensive because there's not as much of it available. It takes us longer to pick it. You know, we have to price it higher. But as we get into the mid-season and there's tons of asparagus available across Ontario, you will see the prices dip a bit. So Tracking prices and stuff obviously is a privilege that not everybody has time to do, Mm -hmm. but it's just something to think about. You know, if you can get familiar with the timelines of seasonality and when different things are available, you can kind of watch. Like last year, our our farmer's market asparagus prices mid-season were cheaper than the grocery stores. So it's not always the case, but it is sometimes a little pricier because of what we're putting into it. 
one of those things that I think like so many of us, if you, you know, like you're saying, it's it's a privilege to like be able to think about prizes of things, but you know, it's sort of like this this misconception that you can create in your head, like, no, I'm that's not for me. Like I can't afford to do that. But the reality is, is yeah, where are you placing the value? Like how much produce are you going to be eating? How, you know, how much do I throw away? Because I feel like I'm probably not alone in how much food I am tossing out every week. It's embarrassing, you know, and like how nice to have just what you need, right? So when it comes to a box, like I'm really curious about this more just for myself, perhaps, but like, what would you expect? Like, can you, is it like one size fits all? You get certain things once a week. Like, how does it work? So for our farm, we have three sizes um, and it's a set produce box some places let you customize we're just not set up to be able to fulfill that we don't have enough um, enough capability but there's three size options and then it's a mix of whatever's in season that week so in may you can expect to see asparagus and rhubarb something called green garlic which is like baby garlic we'll have a a bunch of different greens um, spinach and swiss chard and lettuce and then as we move into June, we'll add in strawberries and baby zucchini and baby potatoes. So it, it's a mix of whatever we have in season. And we try to do, you know, a, a nice variety and quantities that are you can use in your home. And then every week, I also send out a list of meal inspiration, like ideas of what you can do with it and a recipe. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, use my dietitian hat and provide some inspiration and guidance. And I send like preservation preserving tips, like how to freeze strawberries, stuff like that. So that's kind of the typical, what you would see. And then it's, yeah, it's delivered once a week. We drop it right to your home. You don't have to come into contact with anybody. So that's been very popular last year with, with COVID and everyone working from home. I'm not sure exactly what it'll look like this year as things start to change a little bit, but I think there's always going to be some people that need that convenience and some people that want to come to the farm. And the other thing I wanted to mention about food and and pricing, if you're looking for a lower cost option, picking your own is such a good, good way to do that. Here on our farm, if you pick your own veggies or berries, it's about half price. So if you do the work for us and pick your own, you can get a much better deal. So obviously you have to be close enough to the farm to do that, but there's so many farms across Ontario that offer pick your own berries um, and some tree fruit. So you do a little research and see a farm that's close to you, you can definitely get more for less that way. Well, it's, you know, it's great talking to you about this because I think I'm, I'm going to speak for many because I'm like, if I'm thinking this, I guarantee there's others, but like, I just have it in my head. There's apple picking, there's pumpkin picking and there's strawberries. But like, I did not realize you could actually go and pick vegetables, like other vegetables. I'm like, what? Like it's, and I thought I was always thinking about it more like an activity to entertain children who are bored to tears of life in the backyard. But actually, this is a really great angle, like 50%. And if you are close to farms, which I feel like you're actually not that far in Ontario, like I... I love driving through like farm Ontario. It is so pretty. I don't think there's, I mean, I'm going to go out on the limb, but Dean and I have lived in a lot of places and I'm like, I don't think there's many places as beautiful as Ontario when you're driving around. And Oh, anyway, coming back to the boxes, like when you are getting vegetables that are more seasonal, like 
it helps children understand as well. I always come back to the kids because obviously this is the season of life I'm in, but understand like when things are growing that you, why sometimes it's tricky to find blueberries at certain times of the year. You know, it, it's really interesting like how it, it even creates a little bit of education on that side and yourself. Like what, you know, maybe there's a reason why you do certain types of meals at different times of the year based on what's available to you. So it's... um. It's very like, the more you know, right? Um, Something I wanted to talk about, which takes this conversation just a little detour, but you are a farmer, you work in the farming industry, and you are female. So I feel like this is not very common, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that um, and what it's like working in a pretty male-dominated industry. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I think more and more there are more, you know, first of all, young people and women in the industry. I mean, they've always been there, but I think it's being highlighted more now and we're taking more of a leadership role oftentimes. But overall, it's I haven't had like a bad experience. It's just you have to be ready to be the only women, woman there sometimes and you know, speak up for yourself and make sure that your voice is heard. And I'm so fortunate to be in a very supportive environment. Like my dad is amazing and just lets me take the lead and do what I want to do. And I am very, very lucky. I know not everybody is in that same kind of supportive environment, but it's been cool. I think challenging some older, you know, older men, like my grandparents age, just challenging their you know, beliefs and expectations of what a farmer should look like and, you know, surprising them sometimes that with my ideas and, and stuff, it's, I try to look at it as like a fun challenge, but there are, yeah, some people struggle more than others, I think. The more people you bring to the table with different ideas and different lived experiences, I feel the more can be created from that space, right? Like, even in the years since being back, I mean, there's just so many interesting things that are happening at farms. Like there's a farm we go to um, in the fall months, and it's got this fun maze. But it's not just a maze. There's like a whole like, I can't even think of the word like you're you're there's like, you have to answer questions and then get to the next one, you're collecting points. And it creates like a really fun environment for kids and to say like, I want to go to the farm and play. It's like, really? Like, it's like that. It's not the first thought that you would think would come to a kid's mind. So, um, but you know, these are things and changes that have taken place with new thinkers and thinking about industry in a different way. And like, I love that. Like, why not challenge something a little bit and see if you can do things in a new way? I love that. What's yeah. behind you on your shelf there in those containers? Oh, in the jars. Yeah, yeah, those are some of our preserves. So we added those in. Um, maybe five years ago now, like a value-added product. So we have jams and pickles, jellies and sauces. So we, right now we outsource that processing because we don't have the facility. It's the company in Guelph who does it for us, but it's all our produce. And then it just allows us to extend our season a little and have some things available in the off season. And also it was a great way. We, we talked about food waste a little bit earlier. Sometimes we have so many strawberries left or so much extra asparagus or whatever. So we can, you know, make sure we don't waste anything and preserve it up for in the winter. Yeah, I love that. And also, so um, 
I'm just thinking like for people like myself that just don't know how to do that, but also maybe don't really have an interest. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but like my mother-in-law, you know, they she is from Saskatchewan and they grew up in the farms and they know how to do all those things. But there is, I don't want to make mass, you know, some grand statements, but I feel like some of that is a little bit lost of people who know how to do those things. So I love that, you know, you're supporting another like local business industry to help you preserve and teach people about that and, and enjoy different things throughout the year. Like, I love that. It's, um, it's great. I guess, you know, a question we kind of talked about it, but like, did you have specific advice for sharing with kids um, about agriculture and food and maybe some fun ways to get them involved? Yeah, you mentioned earlier, like when kids say, Oh, I want to go to the farm. That's something that's been so special is like the kind of sense of belonging kids have and also almost the sense of ownership. Like there's so many little kids who march in and they're like, this is my strawberry farm. And like that just melts my heart because they feel welcome. They feel comfortable. They like being there. So I think just as much as you can exposing them to those different environments, especially if you're from a more urban area, like just taking them out and kids are great, like self teachers, they will just go explore and, they might not know they're learning, but they are because they're experiencing something new. I think getting them involved in the kitchen, it can definitely take way longer and it can be really frustrating. But if you can, just little ways, like even getting them to help wash the, the carrots when you bring them home or simple chopping, like little ways that they can get involved in the kitchen is a great learning tool. And if you have you know, space, you can also try your hand at growing some things at home. It doesn't even have to be a garden plot. Like you can do a lot with little potted herbs or growing, you know, starting spinach, easy little veggies that grow pretty self-sufficiently. Just like seeing, I mean, I'm in awe every time I see a little seedling pop up through the soil, like let alone little kids. So it's any little ways you can build that in and just pointing it out when you're passing, you when you're doing those drives through you know, the country, pointing out the fields, talking about, oh, what do you think that is growing? Just trying to like bring them in and, and notice things a little more is a great opportunity too. So you mentioned people starting their own gardens. That was something I wanted to chat with you about. So what are some good vegetables or things to start with? Because I feel like, so we bought this house a little while ago, a year and a half ago or so, and we've got this great yard and I keep telling Dean, like, we got to put like a garden in or something. So what, but I'm, you know, if I don't know too much about it, I'm always really hesitant. What's a good thing to start with? Yeah, that's totally fair. I think herbs are great. They're pretty hardy. You can, a lot of them will just take over and grow on their own. Uh, greens like kale is almost indestructible. Kale grows really well. <laughs> we have kale left in the um, veggie patch that's still like I still pick it and eat it right now because it oh, can wow. tolerate really cold weather so kale's good I mean you have to keep an eye out for like little slugs and things but it's pretty a good grower um, yeah lettuce and spinach you could try uh, zucchini is a pretty good one it does need quite a bit of space so it's not the best if you have like a small uh, garden plot um, you can try potatoes Potatoes are a pretty cool one. You can actually mm. just, the way we plant potatoes is you just cut a potato up. And as long as it has like an eye in it, that's what a potato plant grows from. Which is 
pretty cool. <laughs> that is, we are a big potato eating family. In fact, potato. the other day I was like, Dean, please, can we just do one meal without a potato? Like I'm trying <laughs> to make it to spring here, like not looking like a potato. So, oh my gosh, that's so fun. I feel like, you know, it's so interesting. Like when you're just exposed to stuff, it is not, I grew up like, in the city, you know, like my mom grew flowers and she always loved her flowers, but there was no vegetables happening. I mentioned zucchini to my husband. He's like, I cannot do zucchini because I think they ate a lot of it growing up. But I'm like, you could do zucchini like cake or something. He's like, please no. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. But I love vegetables. Like I'm one of those people, not like, you know, I eat kind of a little bit of everything, but my favorite thing is probably just like a pan of like roasted vegetables. Mm -hmm. Like just, oh my gosh, so good. Vegetables are a game changer. Like I think we grew, I grew up anyways, eating more like boiled and steamed vegetables. And didn't you get that little hit of caramelization and add some herbs and like balsamic? It's just game changer. Nobody was doing like pan dishes, but also the internet wasn't as popular. So we didn't have so much exposure to different ways of cooking foods, right? And I really like, you know, food where you try a different recipe. Like I don't necessarily want to like eat a carrot, like just like that. I find it's like, I get lazy. It's a lot of chewing. (laughs) But if you have like a nice salad with like a shredded carrot or like really finely cut, I'm like, oh, this is delicious. Or if you're roasting it, I will eat anything. Like it's so, so it's fun. Like when you, with my kids now at this age, which is nearly seven and nine, their palates, which have been super boring since forever, are starting to just, in you know, they can take different flavors and things. Um, and it's like, okay, you didn't like the carrot that way, but what if we try it this way? Like, it's amazing how different it can taste. Or we did like eggplant Parmesan last night. It was delicious. Like, I'm sorry, it's all cheese. Like, it's There's an eggplant in there somewhere, but you're eating that vegetable, you know, and it's not just like the vegetable in your face. So it's um, experimenting and trying new things. And I love the idea of you don't really need a lot of space. I see a lot of people growing herbs in these cute little containers and like lights and like you're in the apartments. You don't need big spaces. But when kids get involved and maybe they're more inclined to sprinkle a little bit of something on their pasta or, you know, eat that carrot thing or some kale that they grew in the backyard like it's it's not necessarily like a big scary thing they might be more excited about it than you think right And like yeah. you're saying you're seeing something grown that you've grown with your hands and you watered in the sun I was saying to my kids like I want to do more of that this year because you know it, it might be some time before things kind of get to a normal pace um, and you know the these there are great opportunities like your farm available for people to not only just have experiences but great great food and like learn mm-hmm. about it and I think it's such a wonderful thing to learn about and talk about so I'm really glad that you were able to meet with me today and talk about this and share a little bit with um with my audience and we're going to link some stuff below for you guys to learn more about, you know, if you're in the area, like when it comes to the boxes, I guess you'd have to live like in a certain area from from the farm. Like, how are you working that one out? We are delivering anywhere from London all the way through to Toronto. So it's a fairly big spread. We did farmer's markets in those areas. So kind of last year when we were deciding, we figured, well, if we did a market, we'll deliver a box there. So yeah, we go pretty much that whole west to east but um you know there's certain limitations but we have all the information on our website and stuff and you can always email me and i will happily talk you through it
Welcome to Debrief with Dean, my man friend. Yeah. Hi. So, man friend right on. <laughs> friendo, man friend, you know, play on words. Lover. Well. Whatever. <laughs> mostly. So today we were talking about food and farming and gardening and all these amazing things. What did yeah, you think I listened the to this podcast. I was like so ins- absolutely inspired by it because like I grew up near a farm, not on a farm, but near a farm. And my mother, she rented uh, near the city where we lived mm-hmm. um, a plot, a, a garden plot. I didn't know that. Yeah. And oh, it was like... It's a dog. Just ignore. It was like coming back to being a child and 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 all these cool things that like you know, trying, you know, do you remember, or maybe you don't, like we used to go and when our friends had, mothers had gardens and we used to take the peas and push our thumbs and pop them and eat the peas. Did you ever do that? No, because I didn't grow up near farms. That was our whole reason for going to help my mom on the farm. It was really neat to listen to Alex's podcast because it brought back all those memories but uh, there's a couple things that like I want to comment on is that, you know, when she talks about a lot of people like think that, uh, well, I can compare it to the French Laundry uh, restaurant in California and uh, they have their own farm. They have their own plot. Really? Yeah. They grow all their own vegetables and stuff. Well, I feel and like I, this is happening more and more. Like restaurants are trying to be more. Well, I think it's such a cool uh concept because you know you you can use whatever pesticides or not right or you can grow what you want or not and uh, and it's really a great concept M- mind you it's california right so you know what you have available and the weather is quite accommodating right so it's it's neat to like see that concept and what i really liked about it was that number one when kids go to one of those farms or, or farmer's markets and get to pick out things that they want to eat, you know, like a radish or something, like kids would never normally eat that stuff, but they'll eat it if, well, not all of them, but a lot of them will eat it. Because it's theirs. They it's, picked it. They picked it. From the ground, you know, like it's it's exciting. Yeah. Well, and we've been talking about it. We meant to do it last year, but I think we were a little bit traumatized by the state of the you know, state of things. But we were talking about building some garden boxes some out garden back boxes, yeah. and getting the kids involved oh. and having them help manage the, you know, the, from the planting to the maintaining, to the watering, to all those things. Yeah. And, uh, and actually funny you should say that because I was walking out of the grocery store and some guy approached me and he said, Hey, are you looking for some, you know, we're this, uh, organization from wherever and we're giving away free garden boxes. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. In Canada, you're like, I'm sorry, what? Free? That's not, free? doesn't oh, sound normal. Free. <laughs> right. what do you mean? What? That's cool though. Yeah. And I thought about, you know, uh, a few of my friends, pilots got laid off. They were starting uh, growing their own vegetables and stuff. And it like, this was way back in June, you know. So I'm thinking this year would be kind of cool to do something like that. Like yeah. we have the time and the space, but yeah. I just, but I should, like, oh, no go. I was going to say, but I just, I really, you know, 
I really enjoyed what Alex was talking about, like how important the education is, because the more that you know about where your food comes from, who you're supporting, how it got to your table, you know, and that it is um, quite available if you're willing to just do a little bit of legwork up front. Like if you want to set up those monthly drop-offs or I forget how it works, you know, you'd have to go to the website and I'm sure many farms do it in different ways, but to have your produce delivered, you know, in these smaller batches, but like food you'll actually eat or you can go and pick your own. Like that was news to me. I knew you could pick stuff for like fun adventures and excursions, but I didn't realize you could actually like go and pick your vegetables. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say to finish the thought. What really impressed me is that, you know, it's a farm and they're doing like vegetable deliveries or food deliveries and the other thing is that they're starting this kitchen that, you know, you go out and you spend a day and you pick your stuff and you make your meal and you eat it. And what is more satisfying from that? Like my mom, when we were in Cambodia, my mom went to, we were all, you know, Indiana Jonesing at like checking out, you know, all the different uh, sites in Angkor Wat or the area around uh, Samarip. Mm-hmm. And mom went to a wet market. I remember this. And she went with people she didn't know, which is awesome. And uh, With ingredients she, she wasn't familiar with. Right. And you're in the wet market in Cambodia and you, and you get all your stuff and you buy it and then you make delicious uh, Khmer food. And it reminded me like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that in any, you know, like it's not... You, you people say, well, I don't have the room for it and whatever. Well, if you're in an apartment, hey, talk to your landlord. Say you want to put a, you know, a 24 by 12 uh, plot up and grow uh, potatoes and everybody shares in it. or Right, you like know, on the well, roof or something. Right. right? Yeah. And, and when we lived in Vancouver, uh, there was a, a community, they started up a community farm and they grew their own vegetables and stuff. Like, it's cool. And I think... The more we spend time in this COVID disaster, we're realizing that, you know what, it's not such a bad idea. Like, you're not, probably not going to sustain yourself completely on your tiny little plot, uh, you know, your uh, 8 by 12 right. lo- lot. But it can give you enjoyment and, and distract you from things. And, um, and also, you know, like food that you grew yourself cost you almost nothing. Right. And you know where it came from. You didn't spray it with pesticides or whatever. It didn't spend like, you know, two weeks on a ship getting here mm-hmm. uh, or an airplane. And uh, and the people that grew it was yourself. The other thing I find really interesting is like, I've had discussions with friends more in the recent history about how, you know, when like you're going through the seasons and, you know, as you go into winter, for example, right. everybody kind of like becomes a little bit more like you're indoors more you're doing activities that are a little bit more quiet yeah. like you're reading you're making you know just your time is spent differently than when it's summer and spring and you're outside and so your lifestyle changes your activities change but then also what i found interesting was the part where she was talking about like when you eat as food is ready you know, like as the yeah. produce is seasonal, right. you know, you eat vegetables and she was, or I think it was like asparagus is in May and I'm, there are likely dates for all sorts of things, right. but I never think about that because you just go to the grocery store and buy what you need. Right. But when you change your diet slightly, like it's kind of interesting to go in those cycles. Well, I think what, you, what I'd like to see more of is farms like, you know, that are out there 
you know, if they have a website or whatever, why not put some recipes? Why not put like a, hey, next month we're going to have cantaloupes and they're going to be ready to go. So get your fruit salad ready or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it would encourage people to do that. So, you know, and then there's the cost effectiveness of it. Totally. It's like, well, it costs a few more dollars, but have you bought like a bunch of avocados lately? Now you can't, where we live, there's no avocados. But, you know, um, I find when I buy certain vegetables or fruits or herbs, especially herbs, they, they're gone. They go bad in days. And, you know, you do what you're supposed to do. You lay a paper towel that's wet and all this type of stuff. And, I, I don't know, but things that you buy from the farmer's market seem to last. Like a friend of yours gave me some garlic, uh, I don't even know what they're called. I think, is it baby garlic? Like what like she was talking about? Like garlic chives or something? Yeah, they're like those long green ones. Anyway. And um, I mean, they were there for two weeks. To be, they, didn't even, actually, they didn't even falter. This how about like, our, my other friend that brought us tomatoes? I had <gasps> so many tomatoes for so long. So there is something to it. There's something and, to it. Um, anyway, I definitely learned things being like a city kid and not really having exposure to growing your own foods. <sighs> right. And also, it was insightful for me to hear the part about the value that you place on food. And I never thought about it like that because I think when you're living differently or you're living in more of like a scarcity situation where money is usually quite tight and you're counting your pennies, sometimes when you just break it down, well, this costs more than that. So obviously I'll go for the cheaper one. But when you understand where the money's going and how it's impacting your community and if you have the opportunity to maybe spend a little more, like it gave me a different perspective for sure. So I appreciate it. Well, for me, it's just like, you know, a thing where we're seeing a change in how society is right now and uh times are getting really really tough and uh you know we don't know how long this is going to last for so you know what if you can if you can keep your your fellow um citizens employed doing whatever they're doing and uh and you know do it it's gonna save you money in the long run with waste and i'm sure you can adjust the amounts but i mean for us like i mean we go through potatoes like it's like, I don't even know how many potatoes we go through. It's crazy. <laughs> well, when she said how easy it was to grow potatoes, I'm like, we need to start growing potatoes. Yeah, let's grow potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I thought I learned a lot. It was lovely I did. to chat that with was her. Good. I, I, I found that really good. It was lovely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll catch you in next week's episode. Catch you in next week's episode. Bye. Bye. Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember, be your own bird. <laughs>